Hey, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to the latest episode of Lethal Podcast. Uh, we are back. We're alive. Uh, we don't uh, we don't really talk about it in this episode, uh, but in the next episode, we will explain a bit of our, our absence there. So don't worry. We'll give you a little bit of context and, and kind of uh, clue you in as to why things shook out the way that they were. Uh, but in this episode, we sat down and talked with our friends Isaac and Garen over at Limb Driven TV. Uh, Isaac was actually our very first guest on the show. Um, Limb Driven TV has recently released a series of instructional videos that were made for uh, the Ashby Bowhunting Foundation. So you can find them either on their channel or uh, uh, the Ashby Bowhunting Foundation channel. It's on both of those. So uh, we had a good time, uh, talked about the videos, talked about uh, a couple of things uh, uh, that are involved with the videos. And it was just... Uh, Always a fun time. Always a fun time talking to guys from Limp Driven. We love them. And uh, yeah, I think this one is a good one that you will enjoy. Um, as always, this podcast is fueled by Hunter's Blend Coffee. Go to huntersblendcoffee.com and use code ABF for 10% of your purchase to be donated to the Ashby Bowhunting Foundation. Again, that is code ABF, all caps, to donate 10% of your purchase to the Ashby Bowhunting Foundation. Uh, we do still have merch. I haven't really promoted much of it at all, uh, but that's okay. If you want to go buy some stuff, then do that. It helps us out. If not, that's fine too. Uh, check us out on social media. We've got a Facebook. We post stuff there sometimes. Uh, we're going to try and be a little bit more active. Uh, we've got a couple other things planned where I'm not uh, I'm not promising tons of activity there, but... Um, we, we will be posting some updates and episodes and stuff like that, so check that out. Anyway, I won't keep you guys waiting any longer. Uh, thank you guys for tuning back in if you haven't been here in a while, which is uh, basically all of you, because it's been like two months since we've released an episode. So without further ado, here's our episode with Limb Driven TV. Enjoy. Isaac, you are, last time we recorded, you were like just coming off of death's door, right? Like you had had, you had COVID and you were sick, like super sick. Yeah, I was not as sick as my wife, but I was plenty, plenty in the hole for sure. I mean, I was sick for probably right. four days, something like that. Just like a flu. But yeah, she took about two months to get back to work, actually. Just whoa. I mean, wow. it's the start of it's the start of December and she just is getting back to work full time. And we had it in September. Wow. Jeez. So and, I'd and, say yeah, last okay. week the- was when she was back. Yeah, this is this is jogging my memory a little bit. Yeah, because she's like a she's a runner. Like she's like she takes her her physical fitness very seriously. And this she thing had just ran a half over. marathon, like one and a half or two weeks prior to when we got COVID. She had just ran a half marathon, and then uh, she was finally able to run again last week. Finally, put on three miles. She had tried three weeks prior, so like the beginning of November ish. And again, we had it in September and she got like 0.2 miles in and had to stop and use her inhaler a bunch and had like a episode. Yeah, man. Well, they call it the, they call it the lung killer for a reason, man. Like this, this thing, like even if it doesn't kill you, like there's a lot of people that are, well, there was a guy in the NFL or yeah. Yeah. in the NFL that like, he got it right at the beginning of the year and he's still sick. Like kind of the same situation as your wife. Like, man, it's, it's crazy. Well, 
I took a COVID test today. I took the, not the nasal swab. I took the, the, the brain teaser and, <laughs> Ooh, uh, yeah, yeah, super fun. And, uh, so I won't, I won't know the results of that until tomorrow. Cause I've got my surgery on Thursday, but, uh, yeah, super fun. Um, <clears throat> so you guys have been, have been busy, not so much super recently. Cause you, you built this, uh, you or you put these together a while back and, and it's just now kind of coming, coming out, but you guys have a, uh, a new video series that you guys just released. Oh, but I guess we should introduce you and who we're talking to. That'd probably be important. Yeah, uh, you know, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, we are hanging out with the guys from limb driven TV tonight. Uh, Isaac and Garen, uh, thank you both for hopping on with us in this, uh, these trying COVID times. I appreciate you being here. Yeah, thanks for having us. It's obviously we haven't been real busy as of late. Uh, I don't think anybody really has, thanks to current situation. Yeah. So uh, this video series that you guys released is is a really like heavy education based video series, um, and it is. I'll, I'll just get that get this out here right off the bat. This is available on your channel on the limb driven TV YouTube channel. I'll be sure to have a link in the description. Um, but it's also available on the, uh, Ashley, Ashley, my Lord on the uh, <laughs> Ashley Bowhunting foundation, uh, YouTube channel as well. Right. Yep. Yep. That's awesome. So what, what is this, what is this video series like encompass? I know I, I touched on it being educational, but like what, what's, what's a, what's a part of it and, and kind of, why was it made? How did it, how did it come to be a thing? Isaac, you want to take this one? Yeah. I was actually coaching a wrestling match and like, this is no joke. I was coaching a wrestling match and then we had, we had finished up and my phone was just like going off like crazy. Like it always does just tons of messages from guys. And it was just like, man, like, I, know I feel bad. Feeling. I feel bad for Troy Fowler because his inbox has got to be just jacked full. And I'm like, man, my oh, inbox yeah. is starting to get just too much. Like, it's just too much. I'm I'm not someone that really wants to sit on my phone all day, but I kind of let it happen there for a while. And it was like, man, this has to change. We got to just come out with a course. And I'm sick of I'm sick of repeating the same thing. I might as well have like the same five things copy and pasted ready to go. And it just I don't know if you feel that way at all, but sometimes it's like I say the same things a hundred times over. Might as well just make sure. a large video series, have someone watch, and if you don't get it out of that, then I guess I just suck and you should ask elsewhere. <laughs> That's basically what <laughs> happened. And it's just like, man, this is taking up too much time. So I mean, I talked to Garen and we're just like, Yeah, you know, we wanna we wanna do this and uh Rob Nielsen from the Ashby Bohoney Foundation uh, also mm-hmm. want to make it extremely clear that this is something that they really wanted as well. So it was a good little mm-hmm. pair when we ended up kind of linking up and, and they, they were asking for something, anything. And so then when we kind of had the same thing in mind, it was definitely an easy decision for them to choose us to make the series being that we had done a lot of in-depth tuning in the past. Yeah. Yeah. So what what all uh, I guess kind of from a, a high level we'll, we'll kind of jump into some details here in a minute but what all does this video series uh, have in it what are the kind of topics that people can expect to see I mean we cover everything that's go ahead Garen 
So yeah, <clears throat> sorry. Uh, so for this one, we kind of wanted to start with basic stuff. So the first couple videos are somewhat basic about, well, the first one just is parts of the arrow, just so you understand the vocabulary. But right, right. we wanted to start somebody off with a lot of it based on like what Isaac was saying, based on questions that we were getting, but then also just like covering different topics within um, bow hunting and arrow lethality and trying to give everybody the knowledge to be able to like start from scratch and say, all right, I want to build the quote unquote ultimate arrow setup to use some buzzwords there, but basically just build <laughs> a really solid hunting arrow that they can adapt and apply to any type of game that they want to chase. Yeah. And so yeah. we also took in mind the information that Ashby has given to the world and yeah, just tried to apply that as well to our video series and make this entire series. So someone can start from scratch and go to hunt whatever the heck they want in the world. Really? Yeah. That's kind of what I was going to say. This, this video series is really like, if you just watch it from beginning to end, then there's uh, there's 10 videos in here. If you watch it from beginning to end, it's it's really uh you can go from not knowing anything about like arrows or building arrows in 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 any way, shape, or form, uh, to being able to build an arrow, like you said, to to go hunt anything in the world. Uh, and I, th- I think you guys did a did a really a really good job there, and you even get a little bit into bow tuning. I know you've kind of talked that there may be some more more stuff there in the future, which I, I think is uh. Uh, wouldn't wouldn't be a bad thing for sure but uh yeah man i think i think you guys did an incredible job like i said we i know we we watched it um the three of us and and a handful of other guys when you when you were done putting this together and looking for that initial feedback and and i i wouldn't have changed a thing on on what you guys did originally so i hope you hope you didn't um so Let's hop into one of these videos and, and kind of the details on it and, and some of the findings that you guys had. Uh, this mechanical versus fixed blades and uh, talking about mechanical advantage. Uh, by the way, a side note, not to not to trash on them or hate them because I, I love the broadheads and I love the people at the company, but has, uh, has Toughhead ever updated their mechanical advantage stuff that's on their website <laughs> to be to be right? You mean the incorrect formula? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that screwed me up so bad. Like, dude, me nine, too. <laughs> ten years ago, when I first was looking at this, yeah, I'm like that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they had it. I think they had it like they had something being divided by the like it was in the wrong order. Is I think is what it was. So it was uh, it was it was making some some issues there. But anyway. Uh, so, but, but that first video where you, you talk about, uh, mechanical advantage and kind of the benefits and the, uh, um, the issues that you may have with certain broadheads, you guys did a, a unique test there. Talk about that test a little bit and kind of the results that you, you ended up getting out of that in a, which I will say you, you have in, uh, as a disclaimer in the video multiple times so that people don't send us messages and send you messages. You said it was not the most scientific way to do it but i think i think you guys still did a really really good job there so talk about that a little bit yeah this one we we were looking at the mechanical advantages and trying to think of a way to simplify it but still represent it so we just used 
a straight sheet of cardboard, which is pretty uniform all the way across. Um, and then we just uh, used a scale and measured the amount of force in pounds of just pushing a various broadheads in the video. We have, I think, six of them pushing right. those through the cardboard and then doing it a few times and just seeing how many pounds of force it took to get through the cardboard. And so mm -hmm. for us, it, it worked out really well. Um, not scientific, you can't, not really usable numbers, but they are useful in the fact that it represents a better mechanical advantage being easier to push through a medium versus something with a worse mechanical advantage going through the same medium. Yeah, well, absolutely. And just like a, a point of clarification, like the numbers that you got on that, while not the most accurate, are still valid for comparisons. Yeah, the proportional because portion of that is, is it, accurate, yeah. Exactly, because that's, I mean, Isaac and you guys know that I did essentially the same <clears throat> test quite a few years ago. Yeah, that's probably five, six um, years ago at this point. And it's like I've seen higher quality versions of this test done and the numbers still trend out the same like the values change a little bit but everything changes proportionally so it's mm -hmm. like you can do the simple version or you can go and spend a ton of money on like a load cell and a cylinder and like make it so that everything is perfectly square and everything is super accurately measured but you're getting the same like useful information. Yeah, exactly. I mean, number one, we don't have the budget for anything like that. So well, we just, exactly. <laughs> we just simplified Not it Not everyone down. is I mean, iron I, will that has a hydraulic yeah. press to, to do this with. You have 10 grand laying around for a push force gauge to, to be built out <laughs> Come there. On. Come on guys. Get together. I mean, maybe we'll see what next year brings, but Rob, <laughs> I believe you did a little bit. <laughs> Rob, you did yours with just some some leather, right? It was a similar test with the scale with, and, with and cardboard. leather as the medium. Yep, I did one with cardboard, and then okay. I did the same heads with uh, with a tanned hide. Yeah, that's what it was. Okay. And that was the the two tests gave very similar trends, different force values, obviously. Um, right. The the one interesting thing was that the tip design became much more important with the leather. Okay, um, that's interesting. Because I had, especially for like some of the mechanical heads, where, you know, like a bone bust, you know, type tip, like chisel tip, whatever. Bone crusher. Will, will push its way through cardboard it's not going to push its way through leather nearly as easily mm. oh sure right and so there's some different variables there and that that's why I, I did the test in in two different ways to highlight different things mm -hmm. but the overall numbers pretty much all stayed the same yeah the trend remains i mean it's it's exactly physics. it's it's all mathematical, you know, something, a wedge that's really narrow and pointy is just going to be easier 
overall 100%. against something that's not. At the end of the day, if someone can look at that and they can realize that something like the Tough Head or the Silver Flame 210 will be better than a Muzzy or a Mechanical, like, okay, you, you get the picture. I mean, at the end of the day. Right. And that's really, the biggest thing, really right, is, is seeing a visual like that allows someone to to get enough of a grasp that they can look at a broadhead and have a general idea of whether this one is more efficient than that one. Yeah. Right. And that was the, and, and that's point. the goal. It's not that exactly. they need to know the exact number. It's not that they need to have like these super precise numbers to all of it. Right. But if, if someone can look at a handful of broadheads on a wall or on a website and go, okay, like I'm setting up my my child or my my wife or someone that is, you know, energy deficient. It's a kind they of can make, putting it. Yeah. They, they, they can make uh, an educated decision looking at, okay, like I, I like that head, but it's probably not the best choice for this application. Right? And as yeah. long as someone can make decisions like that, then that's all the point you need to get across. <clears throat> yeah. I really like the fact that you guys, you, I mean, like what, what is a, what is a scale cost? Like the scale that you guys use 15 bucks, 20 bucks, maybe something like that. Like not very like expensive. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, and so you, you guys have, have shown and created this test that anybody, like if you have broadheads and you, you, you're willing to invest $20 into a, a bow scale, or, you know, a, a, another good, decent one would be a, like a trigger uh, a trigger scale for a, a rifle or yep. something like that. Yep. Then uh, then that's it would it would work just fine. And this is a test that literally anybody can do, especially now with with Amazon Prime. I know you all have tons of cardboard laying around. Don't tell me that you don't. Yes. <laughs> I know I've got probably 40 boxes in my basement where I'm like. It's a really good box. I don't want to get rid of it. So yeah, I'm. Uh, I know. I know you all have some cardboard. Hey, there. With, with the rate that uh, all of us buy and sell random archery gear, oh god, you can never have too many boxes. Yeah, dude, you're you're <laughs> telling me. Speaking of, when we were talking about those trocar, uh, those like muzzy style tips, I went and looked uh, looked something up. Have you guys seen these? new mechanicals that everyone's going goo gaga about with this uh these cobra archery uh barbarian mxts you seen these what's I funny is that i have no, no idea not. what you're talking about because i don't have any social media anymore <laughs> <laughs> lucky you yeah that, so the, as of today december 1st uh, my 30 day wait period on like all social media platforms where it like gives you 30 days to log back in it expired mm-hmm. yesterday, so it's official. I have nothing except Limb Driven TV. That's it. That feels kind of good. Go. I don't know anything that yeah. you're talking about. <laughs> well, let me let me explain it to you. I don't I don't get why people are like freak out over stuff like this. It's an it's an over the top deploying mechanical with what looks like some type of weird retention pin at the bottom. I'm not totally sure what's going on there. What's it called? But it has like. It's called a uh, uh, Cobra Archery is the company. It's called the Barbarian MXT. Uh, right. It's a titanium ferrule. It's a bone crushing 
0.07 thick 420 stainless steel blade. So um, just get ready, Ooh, ready for that guy. That 420. Oh yeah. Uh, and <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I can't believe we got a we got a marijuana reference in on the podcast. It's great. Uh, um, and but the tip is like the most. Like, imagine like the most chisel tip you've ever seen, and then dial that shit up to eleven. That's what this is. Like this, this thing is a joke. But people are like losing their mind over it. I don't get it. I don't get it. Anyway, sorry. I wanted to bitch about that for a minute. Um, I don't. I don't know that I've ever seen anything from Cobra Archery that didn't fall apart immediately. I don't even know who they yeah. are. So yeah. Well, they I've make never like heard of Cobra Archery. So when you go to like, I don't know. Do they teach like karate? Some, <laughs> no, they probably should start doing that instead of archery though. <laughs> uh, like when you go to like, you know, like the podunk, like sporting goods stores or whatever. Like, do you mm-hmm. guys have Dunham's over there? I yeah, think there's like, like in Kansas City. We did no, it we don't Stevens have Point. Here. It was terrible. The only thing you could find in there is like a Frisbee. And Cobra <laughs> archery, like accessories. Like that's literally <laughs> all they have. Too. Yeah, I'm like, what the hell? No, this Perfect is all. Store if you're like 13 years old, though, and you just want to yeah, some oh, baseball yeah. gear, they oh, got yeah. you covered. But yeah, their <laughs> archery section was just full of like cobra archery stuff. I'm like, this is all garbage. It's all made of plastic. It's all fucking Chinese. It's nonsense. Well, glad to know that I would never entertain the idea anyway. So we're <laughs> we're we're good. We're safe. Um, so you guys had another video uh, that I think you ended up calling it. What did you call it? Uh, how heavy can my arrow be? And you were talking about draw force curves and and debunking a myth. Talk about uh, talk about what you you went over in that video because I think that's something that I've I've repeated a million times and I feel like it it just keeps popping up everywhere and I don't know why. Well, I know. Yeah, why, this is my baby here. Um, I I got. I have to give credit where credit is due. Um, Backwoods Composites, Sam Grafita. I think I said his last name wrong there, but I tried my best. Sorry, Sam. Gifrida, I think. Gifrida. There we go. That's how I. And that's then, how uh, I say it. And then Brandon something. I just say Brandon Morrison because he is now <laughs> working with Morrison Archery. It's it's people right. in the trad community. Um, I've been doing some testing on super curve limbs. That's what I've shot, but that's a different rabbit hole. We don't have to go down that, but we. We, uh, when I say we, I mean they, and then they transferred it to me for actual use, created a program where I could calculate draw force curve. So I could take data points on every single inch of draw or half inch of draw whenever I want, whatever I want to do. Um, and then it will create a graph for where the poundage is at. And then I can calculate the area under the curve. And it's this big math thing. So they save me a lot of heartache. I explain in the video what I actually am calculating. <laughs> But they just have a nice program that allowed me to do that. So I was able to calculate draw force curve, therefore calculate potential energy, and then shoot different weighted arrows through a chronograph, which gives you kinetic energy, which then gives you a certain percentage of usable energy that you got out of that arrow. And then you see that the energy being used increases as arrow weight increases. And I found this to be right on, I was trying to count earlier today. I think it's exactly 26 bows is what 26 compound bows, what I've tested with that. And I have tested exactly five traditional bows with that concept. And every single one of those bows 
has done the same exact thing, and that is when you increase arrow weight, you increase the amount of kinetic energy you got, and that's important not because of penetration, but because we're able to compare that to potential energy, and it lets us right. know what is our percentage of efficiency. And mm-hmm. more times than not, you're starting in the low 70%, so you jump all the way up into the high 80%. Only one time did I ever see a bow get into the 90% with an arrow less than 2,000 grains, and that was <laughs> um, that was uh, oh, High Country X12 with Brownsdale limbs. So... Uh, also the let off was like 65%, which makes a massive difference. So oh, that was yeah, a, sure. that was yeah, a great bow. Uh, but like most bows with the 80 to 90% let off, you're going to be hovering in that anywhere between 85 to 88 is really common. And yep. you got to mm-hmm. really bump that weight up big time to get in the 90%. I mean, real heavy mid two thousands is about where you have to be, but nonetheless, no, no bow yet to date that I've ever had my hands on. I've touched prime elite bear hoyt matthews don't don't Did talk I, bad about my prime man don't talk I, bad about I, my prime. I, I, I it hurts my all. feelings they all do the same they all do the same even that <laughs> ct9 that likes to blow up does it or something 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 happens. stop it don't say that i have two of them <laughs> yeah so it was it was the it, it works for died. all of them oh the boat as well come on where was your bomb suit? yeah i know <laughs> oh yeah oh to yeah be, it was to my, be fair it was it, it, it was it my was bo- it was my bow tech that blew up, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, the, the flex guard blew up, yeah. Sorry, sorry. I thought it was, the and that CT9, was definitely no, it's because the, the other dude tightened it way too tight. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I was say, but anyways, fighting words uh, there. We debunked the so in so. Video. Yeah, go ahead. No, we just that was the point. The point. Was, and what's the myth? Well, the myth was that increasing arrow weight is is going to create a situation where you get less usable energy out of your bow. That's basically what they say. But they say something like, yep. increase that arrow weight too much, you know, and that arrow's not really flying the same, and you're not going to get as much penetration. That's typically what mm. happens. But then typically yeah. I have to go in there and the, comment. But now since I don't have social media, I don't have to do that. I just have a video. They always <laughs> well, say, they always go off about the, yeah, you know, like the diminishing returns. It's like that yeah. is only with your trajectory. That's the only place that that is real. Unless you have, and a that's I haven't very found that personal. to be a thing with like a two thousand grain arrow and a trad bow, let alone a compound of any weight. Right. Well, and right. it's very dependent on the application, right? Because like, I was chatting with uh, our buddy Neil a couple days ago, and I mean, he does nothing but like spot and stalk out west, and like for him having the ease of quick adjustment for like, you know, 50 to 80 yards is important. And especially for like his clients is important. And so like for him, even on like elk, he likes to be in like the low 600s. Where like for mule deer, he likes people to be in like the mid five, you know, mid to low five hundreds. And it's just because for the majority of people that don't practice as much as some of us, it allows them to have that ease of of use. Right. And and that but that's all personal. I can go out there with my 900 grain arrow and I can 
go on the fly, you know, from wherever my pin is, a 30-yard swing. So if I've got my pin at eight at 50 and it runs out to 70, I can do that without having to make an adjustment. I know where that right. is. Right? But I practice. Like I I in, I intentionally practice that stuff. Yeah. So well, it's I feel like I feel like we know personal. that the majority yeah. Well, I feel like we know the majority of the bow hunting community doesn't practice either. Oh, it's yeah. Pulling out their bow a week before season, seeing if they can hit their deer target in their backyard and calling it good. So, yeah. well, I mean, got to fix the that. The sad too. thing is that like I know that that's reality in like the whitetail woods. The part that just blows my mind is that I'm realizing that that's across the board. Oh, like, that's everywhere. You've, you've got guys going out planning to take 80 yard shots on mule deer and elk that haven't shot in 10 months. <clears throat> right. It's like. And they sure never really the shoot idea? that far anyway. And when they do, it's it's not good. It's a poke and hope. Yeah. yeah. Well, speaking of trajectory. I'll, I'll, I'll give it a poke. Don't you worry. Uh, speak, speaking of trajectory, you had a uh, another video the, uh, starring uh, the one and only Garen Minzer. Is it Minzer? Is that is it is it is it a a short I or is it? Yeah. Mind, no, Minzer. Min- okay, Minzer's correct. Yeah. All right. All right. Starring the artist previously known as Garen Minzer. Uh, doing uh <laughs> the field point test pack and uh talking about trajectory. Uh, this what, is one what of my favorite with... videos. Just wanted to say that this is this is one of my favorite videos. Isaac, Isaac, stop overshadowing Garen. This is his time. Yeah, okay? it's my spotlight, dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! I'm just kidding. Uh, no, it it was it was a really really good video. So yeah, Garen, we, talk talk about intro, what was in I that video. Say that in the intro, I didn't get to say that. The, the whole series, here you go, Garen, this is for you. The whole series would not have been possible if Garen was not involved. <laughs> there, I said it. <laughs> I needed someone that was going to edit and do a good job, and he does it without complaining, and that's that's why he's important. And he's also... And to think that you were, you were calling him high maintenance, too. Oh, man. High maintenance? <laughs> he complains, but... Just That's not to me. You. you should see how many times I text him <laughs> yeah. a day versus he's cussing you behind your back. <laughs> I know. Probably because he's at work. He's like, Jesus, this kid just keeps sending me messages. And then he's like on his lunch break, like <laughs> yeah. 15 unread messages for me. And I'm just going insane. <laughs> what can I say? It's COVID times. Uh, yeah. Anyways, right. I just bombed that. Can, but I can tell when you get bored. Yeah, I so Garen, talk about this video a little bit. Yeah, so this video, it's honestly, this is one of the funnest toys, and it's the cheapest thing ever. Just buying a field point test pack and playing around with it, it's a lot of fun. And I kind of forgot how much fun it was until we did this video. So we took, I believe it's six different field points and uh, just screwed them on to six different arrows. They were all the same arrow, so the only thing different was the field point on the front. So we could track um, the difference in the arrow weight. And we just shot them all at the same spot. And you can see, um, especially if you do this at like 20, 30, 40, like at the farther back you go, you'll see the spread kind of show up of the trajectory of each arrow. So we did the lighter arrows. You can see that they hit, you know, higher up. And then you can see the difference, you know, 
how much drop are you actually getting at 20, 30 yards when you go from like a hundred grain point to a 200 to a 300. And to a lot of guys that haven't tried this, I heavily encourage it. It's one of the cheapest toys you can buy right now for your archery kit. And for anyone that hasn't done it, they're usually surprised at how little drop they get, especially 30 yards and in, which is most whitetail shots. So we just were showing in the video of like shooting all these field points and showing the trajectory change. And the overall point of it was like, get one of these, try it for yourself. After doing it for a little while, you kind of figure out like, hey, I'd be comfortable shooting, you know, maybe like the 175, 200. I like the 200 grain point, but you'd be able to figure out like, oh, 300 is too much. Or maybe you'd say, oh, 300, like feels really good in the hand. That bow is dead and I'm fine with that trajectory. Like you can sight in for it and shoot accurate as anyone else. Yeah, no, it was, it's a, it's a good, it's a good test. Like you said, it's really cheap and it's, it's fun. Like it's, uh, it's, it's really eye opening and and it's, uh, it's an easy way to stretch your legs a little bit and, you know, like you said, shoot those longer distances and be like, Oh, like if I jump up a hundred grains, like I'm only dropping an extra like eight inches at 40 yards. Like that's not bad. And, but especially after you re zero, like it's, you know, even, even if you're an inch or two low at 20, when you change that, it, it, it changes how, uh, how that end ends up pitching out later further down. But yeah. that's the yeah. part that a lot of people don't realize is once you change your initial zero, now your launch angle is changed for that zero. Yep. And now everything else kind of cascades off of that. Yep. And it's, you know, within reason, it's not nearly as drastic as a lot of people think. Yeah. Speaking of like weird preconceived notions, this is like kind of related, but I'm going to uh, I'm, I'm going to talk about it now. I posted a, I made a, a quick comment on a status this morning. Uh, somebody posed a question that I'm sure you guys will be familiar with of, uh, would you rather have a lighter arrow with higher FOC or heavier arrow, a heavier arrow with lower FOC? And uh, <coughs> this question used to get asked quite a bit uh, in some of the groups that we were in. And I remember somebody mentioning that like, they asked this exact question to doc and even doc was like, and like the, the arrow weights and percent of front of center that he, that he, that was presented was kind of a, a unique situation where even doc was like, oh, I don't know. Like that's, that, that'd be an interesting choice between those two. Uh, I think one, it was like six fifty and like, like 15% or like five fifty and like 25%, something like that. But, uh, Anyway, so in uh, in this thread, somebody asked a similar question, and and in this thread, there was a bunch of guys that are like, "FOC doesn't matter, yada yada yada, it doesn't make any statistical difference," blah 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 blah, and and it, it got me thinking about like all these guys, uh, some of them prominent, some of them not, that talk about how like FOC doesn't matter, they don't think it makes any difference, they have flight issues when they get too high FOC and and all that. But then those same guys, when they explain their arrow setup, they're knocking <laughs> on the door of 20% FOC. Yep. And it's like, I just find it so hilarious. Like there's somebody, and I think I've mentioned on the podcast before, but I'm going to say it again. 
there's somebody really prominent in the in the bow hunting community that people borderline worship. And this person talks about how FOC doesn't make a really big deal. Like doesn't, he doesn't think about it. Doesn't, and, and actually doesn't like it. Like he talks about, like, it's not a, it's not something that he really wants. Uh, and, and, but then when he explains his build by my calculations, he's coming out to about 23% FOC. Well, it's, I think a big part of it with a lot of these guys is one, a lot of the compound guys are trying to stay within a certain weight. And so before they can even really give higher FOC a chance, they're already not wanting it because it made their build heavier than they desired. Right. Right. And then a lot of the guys that aren't, I guess, like the person that you were just kind of referencing, it's not a focus of his builds. He's not looking at a build and going, I need to have this much. Right. He's picking out his head. He's picking out a durable component and he's putting his build together, knowing that it's about the weight that he wants. And it just so happens that that puts him into, you know, that category. Right. And that's, I mean, that's how I I tell people all the time. I'm like, when they start asking me questions about FOC, I'm like, dude, just focus on like, buy a good broadhead and buy good components. And your, your FOC is going to land probably around where it should. Like if later you want to, you want to focus on like really trying to crank it up, go for it. And, and if you run into durability issues with your shaft, then dial that back, you know, dial it back a bit and, and buy more durable shaft shaft and drop your FOC. But yeah, it's exactly. just, it's a, it's a, let it, let it fall where it lies. Like the only thing I really focus on anymore, like I'm, I, I, I'm married. I don't want to say I'm married. I'm almost married to 200 grain broadheads. I, I really, Pretty I much. think 200, I think 200 grain broadheads are the way of the future. I think everybody should think about going to a 200 grain broadhead and, and then trying to keep my arrow weight somewhere between 500 to 650 grains. And, and the component, like depending on how heavy I'm trying to go, the component is what ends up dictating that. And so, yeah, I think it's, uh, I think it's silly. I think it's silly when, when these people talk, talk about how, you know, like, uh, let me dial this back for a second. I think that the lesson that I've learned from that kind of story that I told with all these guys that, you know that talk about how FOC isn't a really big deal, but then they're shooting high FOC. I don't know, or EFOC at that point. Um, I don't, I don't know if that's because they don't know how to calculate it. Like if they're calculating it incorrectly or if they've never actually calculated it before. And if they've never actually calculated it, then they have zero business trying to talk about it. Like if you can't even tell me what the FOC of your arrow is or like a general ballpark, then you can't, like you have no ground to stand on there, but one of the pet peeves I have for just like in general, just as like a rule of thumb, here's the thing. So there's six of us on this podcast. I'm pretty sure zero out of six people lose sleep over what someone else is shooting. Literally zero out of six. I don't care what you're shooting. I really don't. Whatever. Do what you want to do. But here's what I do care about. If someone is struggling and they want to improve, I, as well as five others here, have knowledge on how you can improve. And it's frustrating when 
there's obvious things that someone can do, but then there's always that person that's like, her da 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 da, it don't matter. And that right. is just like, come on, man. Like, this isn't this isn't your conversation to have. If they asked you, totally, man, chime in. Or like, if it's a public forum, if you don't agree with what I say, don't reply to me and argue. Like, I just don't care to have that confrontation. The The problem here is that someone is finding something that works for them, and then they blanket statement it to work for everybody, when you could just have this base knowledge and then move around your factors on your own to figure out what's going to work for what you're hunting. Do I right. really think that I need my 600-grain arrow on whitetail? Well... No, I probably don't need it. I could probably do awesome shot placement 90% of the time, but I want it. Now, at the same time, do I think I need 650? Like, do I feel like I'm out of the game because I'm sitting at 605 or 610 or whatever? Am I out of the game? I'm not totally out of the game. I'm not 100%, but I'm not right. I'm not zero, but like I'm way better than if I was at 500. And right. I mean, dare I say Wait. that in the last three years, I have lost a deer to lack of penetration due to shoulder quartering two with a pretty large broadhead on the front and a 600 grain arrow. And I lost a deer to it. So it's just like lack of literally bounced off. It's like, that's still a 600, trad bow. 605, 610 grain arrow out of a trad bow granted. But it's just like, I pushed yeah. the limits. And clearly, it wasn't enough. But I see that particular setup floated all around the internet and people saying, you could shoot anything you want, bro. Roll with it. It's like, no. So, like, the blanket (laughs) statements is what bugs me. Someone comes out and say, it don't matter. It don't matter to you for your situation. If someone else had failure, if I didn't know what I know, I'd be on here questioning. And then I would be, my brain would be mixed like a salad trying to figure out what the right answer is, how about we just talk about the data and then right. let the chips fall where they may? How about that? It's just way yeah. easier that way. Yep. Bring the data. Don't. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. It, it's it kind of silly to try and come to an argument like that or try and create an argument and, and not have anything to <laughs> back, up, back up what you're saying. But, oh boy. Uh, I would like, to, before we move on, I would like to note that in your field point test pack, you, I, I don't remember if you like make a point of it uh, to say to not do this, but a field point test pack should not be a tuning like option. It's a, tra- it's a trajectory test. If you're having tuning issues with different field points, then you have a, you have either an arrow build issue or a bow tuning issue. So just keep, keep that in mind. There is no like hand lo- like perfect hand load that you're going to find like this isn't uh some weird like node like accuracy node that you're going to find like you what you have when you actually do hand loading for rifles uh you will find a point of dem- of where maybe you have you've gone too far and now the spine is too weak but it would you won't have like staggering results like going back and forth between different field points so keep that in mind um moving on you Isaac, this one's for you. You brought back a fan favorite. You brought back the broom. Uh, 
and <laughs> I think it was it was the uh, how the FOC actually works video. Uh, yep. Talk talk about talk about that a little bit and uh, and kind of uh, maybe why you had to bring bring the the old broom back. Well, had to bring the broom back because it seemed as though the first video wasn't quite soaked in <laughs> as well as I wanted it to soak in. I still see. Is it the same broom, by the way? Is it the same, the same broom used? Sadly, it's not the same broom. Dang it. That's so bad. That's sad. Um, but then, so it's cool because I had similar ideas and then Garen kind of added to it, you know, cause he's so special, uh, added some, (laughs) some good little tidbits to it. So it was good. But so I wanted to bring the broom back to be able to talk about like leverage of your fletchings. And then Garen had the, and that's obviously all about the rear lever arm. So from your balance point back to your knock, okay, if you have an arrow balancing on your finger, from that balance point back to your knock, that's your rear lever arm. That's where, that's what those fletchings are going to have an influence on is that back end, making sure that stays in line with the front lever arm. And Garen had a really good idea of having like a wooden dowel and use our, my heavy Milwaukee manly drill to press down on a chair and show you what impact flex or impact paradox could look like if you had too long of a front lever arm. So the, the video is literally just, I say a lot of the similar things, but with Garen's brain coming together with some of the stuff my brain came up with, we were able to make a super nice representation of, hey, here's why you don't want a long front lever arm, and here's why you want a long rear, rear lever arm. So we basically right. just tell you like, hey man, uh, you want this to be short and this to be long. How do you do it? Increase FOC. Boom. Mic drop. I mean, that's basically what happened. Right. I mean, I there there's a there's a ton of rabbit holes you could go down. And you could talk about like ease of broadhead tuning, and you could talk about like in terms of penetration, staying having the point not deflect and stuff like that. But like in general, you don't you don't have the glory about some of these stuff. Some of these things is you don't have to understand anything. You just need to know enough to give yourself confidence. And I feel like that's what, that's what that video is. It gives you enough confidence to understand that, Hey, if this is where my balance point is at and I can't bend it easily, I'm good. Hey, if this is where my balance point is at and it's long enough that, you know, the arrows tuning well and, and there's good flight down range. Hey, I got confidence. And from there, you can tweak little things along the way based on how your experience goes. You know? Right. And Isaac, you said, you said something there that uh, I do want to uh, rabbit trail off for like just a hot second and feel, I feel free for any of you guys to chime in and give well more than your two cents. If you so choose, um, you said that you don't necessarily need to know everything to give yourself confidence. Um, and I think, I think that is incredibly true. And, and I want to, I want to echo, especially for maybe some of the, some of the newer listeners or, or some of the, uh, people who are newer to a higher front of center and, and heavier arrow kind of thing. Um, you don't, it's, it's great. It's a great thing if you know the science behind your equipment and why you're choosing the equipment that you are. I'm, I'm not, I'm not saying to don't try and understand it. What I am saying is that you don't need a physics degree to be able to just build an arrow like this. Like there's some pretty simple principles that you can follow uh, that I think Troy does uh, the ranch ferry does a really good joy, a really good job of. Um, 
and and I, I I think that there's been a bit of an issue in this community for a while that is borderline toxic of uh, correcting everybody and everything when it comes to like very very minute details over like nomenclature and stuff like that for for physics um i i get it like it's it's best to be right uh uh especially if you are if you are somebody that's educating somebody else uh uh so i mean no, you know 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 your level of competency and uh and Feel free to go back and listen to the Dunning Kruger episode if you if you feel like you know everything and you've been here for five minutes. Uh, um, but uh, I I feel like as a community we need to do a better job of uh, being more I guess welcoming might be the right word and not not just so Agreed. toxic with with how with how people get treated when you know they talk about you know the, I, I all the time I see people say look at the Ashby, uh, stuff, uh, you like, you want higher kinetic energy or like they'll mention kinetic energy. And then like 10 guys from the community jump on they're like, ah, let me tell you all the reasons why you're wrong. Like that's not, that's not the way we should be doing it. So anyway, I just wanted to bitch and moan, complain a little bit there to tell people to knock it off because it's not helping anything. Well, exactly. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see. We talked about, did we talk about front and rear lever arms? We did. Yeah, we did. Yep. Because that was part mm-hmm. of that video. Um, the last, we the last like video before you get into your, like your bow tuning videos is your, uh, you talk about different insert types and, and weights and stuff like uh, all the building components to, uh, to these, uh, uh arrows that you, you kind of talk about throughout the entire uh, the entire video series. What, uh, and, and this is probably one of my favorite videos from you guys, because it's, uh, uh, I think something that I've, I've personally learned over the last probably year or so, as I've kind of dove more into the component side is that, uh, component design is much more important than component material in my humble opinion. Um, so talk about, talk about the, uh, choosing the best components and maximizing structural integrity video. Cause I think that was a really good one. Yeah. Uh, this one, it's funny because it's something that your quote unquote average archer doesn't really think about because you go to the store, you buy your arrows, they slap an insert in, you just have to screw on the right point and then boom, you're ready to go. And for most guys, most shots you're probably not going to have any problems with just a regular stock insert. But anytime there's a hard impact, it's hilarious to see because 9 out of 10 times it's going to happen at the front of that arrow. Something's going to break. You know, you might mushroom out the carbon. It might snap right behind the insert because a lot of those stock inserts are fairly short. And so this video, we kind of went in to say, you know, you're probably going to be okay a lot of the times if you make good shots but if you can have this why would you not beef up your front of your arrow put the insert in and so we covered a little bit over um designs that are just better supporting the inside of the shaft and the outside is huge on any hard impact to keep your arrow together because that's if you look at the ashby studies it's the most important thing, structural integrity. If, you're, if your one arrow turns into a shotgun 
it's not going to go anywhere. It's going to stop. You need to all hold it together. And so with this video, we went over the insert designs, support the inside of the shaft, have a sleeve over the top. If it's bonded, the sleeve is bonded, or if it's not, whatever. Support the inside of the shaft, support the outside, and you're good to go. Pretty simple video, but something that not a lot of guys put a whole lot of thought into unless they're nerds like us and just like arrows. Bunch of nerds. That's what we are. <laughs> That's nerds. okay. I yeah. like being a nerd. Yeah, me too. Speaking of it's beneficial Rob, sometimes. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. What, what's that? <laughs> not uh not not I mean no there will be no spoilers here, but Rob, have you did you binge watch? Have you binge watched yet? Don't bring it up. I'm guessing That's the answer is no. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I am trying to be patient and wait to watch it with my wife. Mm-hmm. At some point in the near future, I'm just going to be watching it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> for for, for the, I, I guess nobody really knows because on fr- last Friday night, I like half intoxicatedly messaged our chat and was like having an aneurysm slash panic attack slash hyperventilating like it was it was yeah the mandalorian the last episode it's incredible everyone should watch it if you're not watching the mandalorian you are wrong and i don't want to be friends <laughs> with you um uh yeah so the, and then so the last part of your your guys's uh video series is this really cool like how to video series you talk about uh, uh, assembling um, arrows and, and, and reducing variance there, installing rest, setting knocking points, stuff like that. T- talk a little bit about why why you put these videos together and, and the importance of of uh, tuning your bows and proper assembly. Isaac, mind if end? I take this? Oh, you go ahead. I didn't have much to say. <laughs> All right. <laughs> these last ones, they're, <laughs> they're kind of basic principles uh if a lot of guys are just going to go to the bow shop to have their rest installed have their d loop set up um for those that like to assemble their own arrows uh, it's a cool little tip to assemble your arrows sort them out so that way your variances are reduced and you can have some pretty tight tolerances actually just by sorting your arrow shafts and inserts but the last two videos are we we added them on there because if you're doing this all on your own, if you're building your arrow from start to finish, doing it all yourself, there are things that have to be done right. Otherwise, you're going to be one of the guys that doesn't believe any of it works because it didn't fly right. The arrow did corkscrews or whatever other issues you may have heard. You have to be tuned. It's doesn't matter what you want to shoot. Low FOC, high FOC a 300 grain arrow, a 2000 grain arrow. If it's not tuned, you're just wasting your time really. You have to get your rest lined up properly. You have to get your D loop set up so your arrow's level. That arrow has to launch straight. If it doesn't, you're wasting energy and you could be wasting an opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh I think that a lot of the time like when guys do go down this rabbit hole like and they you know they do set up the the high FOC arrow or whatever a lot of that frustration is from not having a tuned bow especially with like the 
the field point test pack with people using that as their tuning method, like that can be super frustrating because, you know, you're not getting, like you're already at a disadvantage because you're trying to tune the bow without it being tuned. And then it's just, it's super frustrating. Yeah. I was going to say that it's pretty, it's pretty crazy. Like a lot of, a lot of the questions we get are answered about tuning specifically are answered with those first two videos, you know, or I guess the second and third video rather of, of like, Hey, how do I install the rest? And then how do I get that D loop and knocking points, everything lined up? Like if, like Garen said, if you can get that down, I can tell you with three shots through paper, what you need to do. I mean, let's, let's assume you're decently consistent. You know, if you're, if you're, I've been recently touching a lot of Matthews cause my wife has a VXR. So it's like, if, if she's shooting, I set her rest up and I did the D loop and everything. And actually it's funny cause we ran into the same thing with Garen's bow, except his bow. Every time we do this, it shoots a perfect bullet hole and we can't even film a video. Yeah. You've so done that twice now. <laughs> two times, two times you've, you've, you've done that. It's so funny. It's, 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 it's funny how that happens when things are set up correctly. It's, it's borderline annoying. <laughs> but but it is great at the same time. Good job, PSC. You make a heck of a bowl. Uh, yeah, they do. Come along, come along ways. But anyways, with Kaylee's VXR, like if she if I set everything up and she shoots through paper, and she's consistently getting a left hair, like I'm gonna grab the top hat kit. I'm gonna move the top cam to the left, and I have an idea of what spacer I'm gonna start with, and it's probably gonna be fixed, and all will be well in the world. And we're done. We're I mean, right there, we're done. We can go to 20 yards. For her, she's probably not going to shoot a bear shaft well, so we'll just take the broadhead, shoot at 20 yards, and make a slight rest adjustment. Uh, how you might see John Dudley do on YouTube, woohoo! We'll do a little shortcut on that, but at least I know the cams are lined up, the strings lined up, everything's lined up. It might be one sixty fourth to change the consistent one inch left that she has, and then, booyah, we're good. And that's like worst case scenario. You know, so I mean, if you can get the D loop right, get the knocking point right, and get the rest set up, I can help you in, you know, five minutes if you're right there at your paper tuning station. Right. I mean, but it's day, it's it's pert near impossible to get someone to redo their entire rest, to redo their D loop, redo the knocking points. They have to go to the shop. They got to pay another fifty bucks. Some of them get charged like a hundred bucks just for that and then they're just mad at me and they're not not understanding that the shop is who toasted them not me so if i can just put that video out there then at least they can see like oh this was clearly not set up right and be like i know i know it wasn't well that's the biggest thing is like so often guys will like you're trying to be helpful but guys are like, well, I just had it tuned. Like, I just paid for this to be tuned. I'm not touching the rest. It's like, but you have a tear. So either you're you're touching the rest or you're changing the, the string position with the cams. One of the two. I mean, you, you could have a grip issue, right? But it's like shops doing poor work just causes more frustration for everyone because then they feel that it's already correct and then they don't want to change anything. Yep. Every shop I've ever been to 
I've spent a week in there, and they've changed everything that they've done <laughs> within within a week. Of it's being funny there. how that works. And they're like, oh, wow, that's easy. Yes, it is. <laughs> and guess what happens to their service? goes way up. They get more people yeah. in the shop. They sell more stuff. And then all of a sudden, it's one of those places I can send people. So well, if you're if that's... you're not in one of those spots, then honestly, like it sounds bad, but like if you're not in one of those spots, you have to figure this out on your own because it's not acceptable yep. to buy a thousand dollar, a fourteen hundred or eighteen hundred dollar bowl, and that's just God. the bowl. And then what's all 18, the what's eighteen hundred dollars now? I don't know, like Hoyt carbon bows. Rob would know. But it's unacceptable to buy that and then I, I have don't it not pay full shoot price. Well. <laughs> that is true. The, but the, it's the only reason I had those two carbon bows was because I got them directly through Hoyt at a fair amount below dealer cost. Well, who are we to talk, Rob? We all I mean, me especially, I have a like what a sixteen hundred dollar trad bow at this point. Right. So <laughs> I can't really talk. Hey, we, we enjoy our hobbies. Just leave it at that. We don't we don't need to discuss the money. <laughs> we won't discuss how much we have in musky lures my, either. My, when I was going my, over my that. wife might listen to this and between archery and, and musky fishing. <laughs> yeah, there's yeah, there, there's plenty. All right. We'll go ahead and deviate right now. Um <laughs> Uh, so what uh, I know, I, I think when we when we talked last, I think the answer was a, a flipping break is what's next. But what do uh, what 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 do you think might be next for you guys? Do you have any plans for anything in the future? Or are you just gonna just gonna kind of hang out for a minute and and wait and see and and kind of feel out for what the what the market may need as far as uh, content? There are a little bit of gears turning. It's it's going to be a little bit. We're taking a break. Hunting season is just kind of wrapping up for everybody. Uh, it's December 1st, so if your gun season isn't over yet, you, you're probably in the south or something weird like that. Maybe muzzleloader. <laughs> but Weirdos. Ice fishing is going to start soon, so me and Isaac have a couple things planned with that. Obviously, can't film outside because it's too dang cold and we're not that crazy. But we do have... <laughs> <laughs> we will be having a product review coming out. Uh, the trad listeners will probably like that one. And otherwise, probably What's the product 90- review. Do we want to <laughs> give it away to Isaac? I mean, yeah, I can kinda. I can edit it out. I can edit it out later if you want me to. Isaac I don't knows know what it is. You know, you have to measure <laughs> your hand for it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we do have something coming out. <laughs> that's good you could keep that yeah we got something coming yeah <laughs> subscribe you know we gotta market this a little bit right <laughs> yeah yeah tease it guys tease it come on yeah but that's like the last thing that we really want is to kind of outline fletching but we are waiting for some studies that we had pe- we knew people were doing and then also waiting for the foundation stuff to finish up with some of the stuff they were doing so we can give accurate information so that's the whole purpose behind that. That's really uh, beyond that. It's it's all I can think about for future stuff. To be honest, is just a couple more tuning things and that fletching stuff. And then, like Garen said, like on our channel, not on ours and ABFs, but like 
just our channel. We'll have uh, some product review stuff and some stuff about draw force curves with trad bows will probably be coming up. And when we say this, we mean like in a year. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's it's going to be a little while. It when it's warm again, when it's warm out, then then we'll start to think about filming. We like to film outside, or at least when it's nice out. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. it's gonna be a little bit, but like you know, we have other hobbies. We have other things we like to do too, and we've like Garen and I like like you said, we got some fishing trips planned, and there's just sometimes archery can start feeling like work, and for the last three years. For me specifically, I've been struggling a lot with it because it's really felt like work and it's going to feel good to kind of take a step back and and not do a whole lot and see if I can't have some more fun before I dive back into the project scene. And I think that's why I deleted all my social media too, was just like, it's so much easier to to not talk constantly to people about it and have it just be back to being like my thing I do with my buddies instead of corporate stuff. Like it just, people don't always see that, you know, I don't know if you it, guys it makes have ever it a lot felt more that, fun. but, but I don't know if you guys have ever felt that, but like we just like, we've been grinding so long on this movement and now that it's happening and I feel like there's momentum, I feel like if you picture it pun as intended. a rock, if you picture it like a rock, yeah, pun was intended, but if it's like a rock, it's like, <laughs> it's going downhill now. Like I don't need to push it. I'm just going to watch it for a while. And then right. if it stalls, I'll come back with a shove. But like, I can just watch this now. And I, yep. I feel like Garen and I specifically have done our due diligence to to everything. And that was kind of another thing with the project was like, we we were out of it for a while again. And then we saw like, this needs to be done. And we accomplished that task. And we're going to let the stone keep rolling for a while. And then when it needs a shove, we'll we'll be back and give it a shove with some of the things that we had we just kind of recently mentioned, but yeah, you know, it's yeah. going to be a little bit. I know that we had some comments initially and guys are like, Oh, I hope it's not too long. It's like, well, I'm not really here to please you right now. I need a break. <laughs> I'm going to go yeah. cast some lures for a while. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think yeah. you, you bring it, you bring up an interesting point and I, I really like that as, uh, <clears throat> you know, I think that, uh, and, and dare I say, I know you guys have been at it way longer than we have, but, uh, as far as putting content together and, but even, even more so to just, you know, talking about it and being an advocate for these, for these sort of builds. Uh, um, but I'll, I'll lump ourselves in, in this group a, a little bit here, but yeah, you deserve uh, to lump yourself in that for sure. You guys have been at it well, too. Well, I think that, I, I think that it's, it's a, we're in a unique time where, like you said, the, the the momentum is building pun intended and and this the stone is rolling and i think our role like the five of us here along with and and i know i've i've had this conversation before with a, with a couple other people but they're that like this crowd well first off this crowd the whole like foc movement stuff is like way smaller than people think that it may be like it's <laughs> yeah. like they're it, it's it's a very small world. Like, I mean, think about a small business. That's about how big this entire community is. It's not very big, uh, for, for at least people who, who hold the level of knowledge and, and have had the level of experience with, with building these and tuning these and, and that whole sort of thing. And just understanding 
uh, uh, in particular, Dr. Ashby studies. But long story longer, I think that our role has uniquely changed from being the people that got the ball rolling to becoming the bumpers to make sure that the the rock Just doesn't roll, things on doesn't, track. Right. The the rock doesn't veer too far left or too far right. It, we just like our 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 goal is no longer to push. It's to be the the supervisor on the side that says, yeah, keep doing what you're doing, guys. Or eh, let's or, let's 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 redirect a little bit. We're the sweepers for the curling rock. That's man. There you that's go. it. That's I like it. it. Man, I smell a meme coming in about five <laughs> minutes here. <laughs> it, it is. Man, you know what? No, I'm going to do one better. This this is the episode art. This is the episode art. I, it, it's not it's not the it's not the snail anymore. It's it's the it's the USA curling team that won in like 2012. The like the four yeah, dads yeah. that look like they were just yeah. like I'm really tired of like dealing with my family every night. You, guys, you wanna you, you wanna, wanna go join like a curling, curling league? Yeah, yeah. That's that is that's the new limb driven and and lethal podcast uh, uh, logo right there. USA curling <laughs> team. That's incredible. Uh, yeah. Well, cool. Well, man, th- thank you guys. Thank you so much for, for coming on and, and chatting with us. Uh, do you, uh, I, I want to give you the chance to talk about anything else that you want, but uh, where, where can people find, find all of, all of your content and in, in particular uh, this content e- either on your channel or on the ABF stuff. Before, before we say that I have to give another plug. Um, okay. Normally my name is the one that is attached to just about everything because I normally do all the talking and then I do all the sharing because Garen does all the editing. So it has to be noted that Garen is a massive part. And probably if it was split 50, 50 would be more like 51 to Garen 49 to me for effort put into all of these things. And his name is rarely ever mentioned. Sometimes I feel like he's lucky for that, (laughs) but seriously, without, him none of this could happen and it's rare that he gets on a podcast or rare that he's able to you know share his perspectives he has just as much experience as i do he's been doing it just as long he's just done all the dirty work and he's always kept his mouth shut and just done it and without him doing that part none of this could happen and none of my not well my but our videos the ones that mostly i'm hosting could even be a thing at all ever Right. Uh, yep. From when YouTube started to when we just recently uploaded 10 videos in one day the other day. None of that could happen without Garen. So everyone needs to know that when when we're talking limb driven TV, it's not a one man show. It's not just me. He is just as much as if not more in charge of everything. And it's a, it's a huge deal. So I have to publicly say that because he rarely gets the good job and the pat on the back that he deserves on that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, so Isaac, on my end, you broke up a little bit there, and I think it'll be fine in the recording. But did you did you plug where to where to go to view all the content? Uh, Limb Driven TV or Ashby Bowhunting Foundation's YouTube is where you can find all the stuff. And then uh, if you find Garen, do you still run the Facebook page? <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs> yeah, I've been I've been dragging my feet on that, but. I pop in. I'll I'll come and check the the messages. If you send us a message, I'll do my best to reply. Uh, life's a little busy right now, but 
I do sweep the Facebook page for messages. I just don't post on there a whole lot. So you can still reach yeah. us that way if you have further questions. Uh, YouTube comments, me and Isaac both kind of survey those every once in a while. If we find something interesting, we'll reply. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Cool. That's all, well, that's man, all we got. Man, I dig it. I dig it. We're This is uh, nice. one of our shorter episodes. Hour 15, less than that. Man, we're it's good because Isaac needs to go to sleep so we can get yeah, up in the morning. Yeah, you got a 4 a.m. wrestling got, practice. That's right. I got wrestler to yell at. There you go. <laughs> oh, you know he likes that. Time. Well, cool. Well, once again, thank you guys for, for coming on. Really appreciate it. Uh, you guys were, uh, Isaac was our first guest. So glad to glad to have you back. And uh, hopefully next time you guys do some fun content, we can, we can meet up again, chat about it. Yeah, and if we have Absolutely. to do a nerd a nerd episode about trad bows, we can do that. So, ooh, yeah, yeah, that might we need that to do might that. have to happen like midsummer or something. I'm getting some of Sam's bows. limbs, so I can finally well, me talk too. with you guys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, so when we all get some backwoods composites, we can just have like a podcast about it. Yeah, with, teaser. With Sam, uh, that's uh, <laughs> that. Well, that that episode is probably coming in. I would guess from right now. I would guess about the next month, within the next month. So either. Sometime in December or maybe uh, early January, you can expect uh, us to have Sam uh, Gafrida from Backwoods Composites on. So he is very, 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 very close to having uh, everything. Well, I think technically stuff is ready to roll out, but he's uh, we're working on on getting some finalized stuff together. So anyway, cool. Once again, thanks, guys, for the like eighth time. And uh, uh, if you're still listening, appreciate you being here and hanging out. And until next time, disrupt the status quo. Mm -hmm.